I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. All right, so Fergal, thanks so much for taking the call. Um, I suppose a, a mixed enough league for me in the end. I mean, at the beginning of it, it looked like they might be relegated. They managed to, to avoid that. I have the, the, the kind of league ca- campaign or the, the the last few months, I suppose, divided into positives and negatives. We might just start with the negatives. Obviously, well beaten at the beginning by Galway and Roscommon. The Roscommon game was the only game I was actually at that I saw live. And it was a really poor performance I thought those first couple of matches were, were really poor um, I guess to look at, at those first and, and the style of play was that something that concerned you throughout the league obviously you saw you saw all of the games I think yeah well there you go we, we covered all the games so between us because I didn't make the Roscommon one uh, because Trim were in the All-Ireland Club final that day so uh, we didn't get to that one but um, yeah the first two games were were worrying in terms of the performance. The results mightn't have been unexpected in the fact that we were defeated in both games because Galway and Roscommon were the sides uh, coming down from Division 1 and they were the teams that were hotly tipped to go straight back up as it transpired. Um, so I suppose the, the outcomes weren't that surprising, but the performance uh, in Galway was particularly poor where they really struggled. Now, I know the weather conditions were shocking, but 44, 45 minutes before we got a score from play, um, like it was really dire stuff and then I think over the course of a couple of games there was a period there where we had went 90 minutes from the end of one game to the start of the next one I can't remember which to do games were mm. uh, where we didn't get a score from play so there was seriously worrying aspects about the performance early on in the league but uh, they seemed to have been righted when, when the pressure came on I think that goal against Offaly and Tullamore that last minute goal kind of just gave the side a little bit of a little bit more belief, a little bit more impetus into their what what needed to be done, that they needed to battle and they needed to fight and they needed to get stuck stuck into these teams to pick up the points that were needed and uh, thankfully we got them in the end and ended up staying up with a game to spare, which certainly didn't look likely after the first two games. Did you see any any change in the style of play over the course of the league? Because the one thing that surprised me at the Ross Common game and Keen Ward was on co commentary with me that day and he was kind of saying the same thing that a lot of the defenders were drifting forward in the first half when me they're playing into the win this was they were drifting forward into the opposition's 45 but they weren't really contributing anything they were taking up space and the, the build up play was so ponderous and so slow and they looked to me at that point like a team who had just had a new management team and a new coaching team come in and weren't really sure what they were doing but this coaching team has been with them for quite a while I know there have been changes but Colin Nally's been there for a couple of years Andy's been obviously there for a while that was the one thing that I really struggled to understand was there didn't seem to be any real clear 
style of play and and what they were doing was very slow and ponderous and I, I get the feeling that's been the case with a lot of the matches you've seen a lot more of them than me is that a fair comment? Uh, it is on, and I know Andy alluded to it after the, the last game there against Derry the time of the year and the, the conditions and the pitches and all those play are a factor in how Mead play now I know it's the same for both teams but uh, other teams have different styles different tactics Mead's tactic of yeah, the, the, a lot of kind of do flood forward when they're in attack, so defenders do add numbers to the attack. Uh, but when the ground is a little bit harder and and you know it's a little bit of a faster game, that can be a lot more effective. As we saw in the last couple of games, where uh, runners off the shoulder overlaps, mm. uh, players taking the ball at pace, trying to break that to use a rugby turn to break that gain line, um, that became a lot more positive. Uh, in the latter games than the first couple of games the first couple of games you got bogged down there was misplaced passing mm. wind was getting hold of the ball and uh, stopping it from moving or then when we did have the wind behind us it was kind of been overplayed in ahead of players and we just didn't adapt well to the weather conditions so I definitely think um, Andy's point about the National League which is you know a, a great spectacle it's the best our teams of equal measure probably playing against each other the National League being played early in the year when the weather is so unpredictable and it's unpredictable in Ireland anyway but especially at that time of the year when you could get snow and hail and wind and rain mm. it, it makes what should be a top class spectacle into an absolute lottery and for Mead they certainly weren't winning those lotteries early on in the year and that led to it looking very dishevelled and very all over the place. But I think as the campaign wore on, maybe it was the shackles coming off, a little bit of freedom uh, when they were allowed maybe, you know, attack with a little bit more flamboyancy and, and a little bit more directness. I think when that started to happen, it certainly seemed to suit me and uh, made the supporters happy to see that type of football. Yeah, just one final point, and we'll, we'll move on to the positives in a moment. But I'm not sure, I can't remember which game it was that you, I think you tweeted after one of the one of the games that it was one of the worst days you could remember as, as a Mead, report, or Mead fan or Mead, Mead uh, reporter. But just to focus on that down game for a moment, they had the win behind them in the second half in that one and only got three points, all of which were from freeze, if I remember rightly. Um, mm-hmm. That was the game I remember listening to on the radio here, and Brendan and Maddie were there, and they were only a couple of points behind at halftime with a gale force win behind them. And I was astounded that that, that was the game that they, they didn't get the win in. It looked like it was nailed on. That was the only point that Down got in the division as well. Um, was I can't, As I said, I can't remember if that was the game you were referring to when I you put up that was, tweet. Yeah. But but was that was that performance the low point, even though they lost to, 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 to Roscommon and Galway? Was that performance in particular in the year of this campaign? It was it was a dreadful performance. It was just you couldn't see anything positive out of it. And actually, while we were fortunate to come away with a point from the game against Offaly, we were even more fortunate to come away with a point in that game, I think, anyway, because uh, if you remember, I think it was Caelan Mooney hit the hit the crossbar with a fisted yeah, effort yeah. nearly in the last attack of the game, and they'd missed a goal chance just before that. Like, Down really should have won that game, but we just looked completely all over the place in that game, and lacking ideas, lacking hunger, lacking drive, and, and I don't know if we can blame... I know a lot of people point the fingers at the management and the coach and say, what's happening here, what's happening here? But And I've spoken to players after as well, and they say, look, we have to put our hands up and accept responsibility here as well. Yeah. And the management, I remember Colin Nally saying after one of the games as well, our, our, the management impact on a team and the performance is very, very minimal once they cross that white line. Mm. You try to put everything in place, and that was just one of those days where 
it just looks so, so poor and you are really, really struggling. You, and then, as I said, you walk away from the awfully game kind of with a little bit of a pep in your step because you get an injury time goal from Joey Wallace to just to leave you with a little bit of a smile on your face. And then the Cork performance was, was very impressive. Yeah. Um, because everybody was running down Cork then and saying how poor they were. And the Cork well, probably was one of the poorest performances from a Cork team that I've seen. Um, and then we slipped back again against Clare. The performance wasn't great. And then it improved again. So at the very outset of this little chat, you said about consistency. And so we suffered a little bit with inconsistency in, in the games and also within games where we play good first halves and then drift off in second half. So it's just finding that level of consistency is probably the key. But yeah, that, that game against Down was certainly a low. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, absolutely. So let's look at the, the, the positives coming out of this league. And I guess the number one thing for me is the number one. We finally got ourselves a goalkeeper. Um after I don't know how many keepers it's been well documented and like just on this I think a lot of people were, were giving the, the management team criticism for chopping and changing keepers but if you've got somebody in and, and you try them out and they're not up to it then what else are you going to do but try somebody else and they seem to have finally struck goal with Harry Hogan he's a beautiful striker of the ball he can hit freeze very adept keeper as well as we saw with the penalty save last week so um, you know a, a real find and it, it looks like me to finally solve that problem position uh, with Harry Hogan yeah and and people were saying the goalkeeping position was a problem position. It, it, probably the goalkeeping position itself wasn't the issue. It was having the backup to Andy Colgan. And Andy is quite a decent goalkeeper and uh, was able to kick points off the ground as well from freeze. But it, again, we get back to consistency. He was missing a lot as well. And uh, it was just looking for that backup to support Andy. And, uh, you know, if he did go on a run of poor form that we had a keeper to come in. And that's probably why... The turnover in referee, or sorry, in, in goalkeepers ended up being so high. Uh, I think it was twelve or fourteen goalkeepers in in Andy's six years, mm. and um, that's probably why that figure was so high. But Harry Hogan has come in, and it was a real brave move by Andy to throw him into uh, the Leinster semi-final last year yeah. for his first championship start against Dublin, and it paid off. And he's just been, he has, he's been a revelation. Um, just his confidence. 
but also the style that he's asked to play. You know, he's comfortable in that coming out, filling gaps from an opposition kickout. His own kickouts are excellent. Uh, his striking off the off the ground from freeze and forty five has been excellent as well. He's missed a few, uh, and he has made a few mistakes. I know he made a mistake for the Derry second goal or the Derry goal last week, um, a poor clearance. But he also saved the penalty in the first half and has made another outstanding save as well in that game. So he has been a real revelation, yeah. And I think um, any qualms out there or any issues with a goalkeeping crisis, I think is certainly uh, not the case anymore. Yeah, and just looking around elsewhere, I mean, the performances of the likes of Jack O'Connor, Gavin McGowan, Owen Harkin as well. I know he's been in and around the panel for a few years, but had to kind of slot in at full back because Conor McGill was injured for, for a lot of that league campaign. Um, so a lot of positive performances, and I know Brendan in particular singled out Owen Harkin in one of the matches, I can't remember which one it was, for, for his performance. It might have been the court game, but, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of positive performances there from players who don't have a massive amount of experience at this level. Yeah, again, Owen Harkin has been exceptional and I think when Conor McGill got injured, um, it, it probably has been a, a problem over the last couple of years and that had we a backup to Conor McGill who mm. undoubtedly is our, our number one full back. Uh, so that was an issue over the last few years because you were you were toying with you know having to put Donald Kyogen back in there and then you lose his impact further out the field and Shane McIntyre was often have to fill in if Conor McGill wasn't going to be available. So the emergence of Owen Harkin who... It isn't really a surprise because he was probably one of UCD's best players in the Sigerson playing from full back and, and had an, an outstanding Sigerson Cup campaign for them, I thought. Uh, I did happen to see a couple of games that he played in uh, for UCD and he, he's brilliant full back. Um, so again, a bit like Harry Hogan coming in, uh, the fears of having backups or, or, or lack of backup uh, have to be gone there. I think uh, Owen Harkin has certainly been a positive. And Jack O'Connor as well, you could see him Last week against Derry, his pace carrying the ball offered a real threat uh, in terms of breaking that line again, breaking that defensive unit set up on a 45. Uh, but you can't underestimate the return of McGill at full-back as well and also Brian Menton and Ronan Jones in midfield. Having having that pair in midfield, is it's no fluke that Mead's performances in, uh, improved as the league went on because when those two boys came in, it just gave you a, a serious platform in midfield. Yeah, and just on Brian Menton, uh, a couple of weeks ago we were I was chatting to a friend of mine about about Mead's performances. I think it might have been before the court game and you know, I was sort of saying, well, you know, they're still missing they're still missing Menton and one or two other lads come back and he was kind of saying, well, sure Menton what 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 is Menton going to give you? And I was like I was astonished by this because you know, Donald Keoghan is probably the one on the national level who gets the most credit and has the highest profile in terms of Mead footballers. But Brian Menton is an absolutely phenomenal footballer and the service he's given Mead over the years. We saw him coming back. It was that Cork game, wasn't it, where he kicked the two points yeah. off his right foot from a tricky enough angle. I don't. I think Mead fans maybe in general underestimate Brian Menton's uh, ability and his, his influence on the team because he's such a leader for them. Yeah, and he, he picked up the, uh, I think it was the 2020 uh, Mead's Footballer of the Year at the annual awards in, in Trim on Friday night. Mm. And uh, when Brendan Cummins was, was reading out his form in 2020, you know, he, he scores. I think he was the only, he was one of the few players that played in every game, league and championship. Mm. And I think he scored in all bar one of the games. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't get that from your regular midfielder unless you're Brian Fenton or somebody like that. You don't get that type of return from a midfielder, but Mead get it. And But it's not just his ability to get forward and get a score. It's breaking up play, being in the right position, sussing out danger, uh, winning dirty ball as well, and, and his link-up play. He's just an excellent all-round footballer and he, he just adds so much to the team. And as I said, you can just see just the, the lift in confidence that he gives the whole side when he's there. 
Uh, I just think his return and Ronan Jones has been excellent as well. Uh, just th- those two in midfield, and that's not running down the boys that were there. Pork Arnon has sure. to play in midfield, and yeah. Pork is a, is probably one of our best centre backs, or is probably our best centre back. You know, so he was having to play out of position to fill gaps, and um, and that's what what you know maybe led to a little bit of lack of structure in the team was because players were having to fill positions earlier on in the league that they weren't used to. So when you get key men back in key positions, it all helps. Absolutely, yeah, that's uh, certainly true. And like Samantha Jones and McGill coming back in, huge for me. Uh, looking ahead briefly to the Championship, Fergal, it's it's Leash or Wicklow, both of whom, of course, were relegated from Division 3. Uh, you mean Mead would have to be expecting to win that game? And then, you know, who knows what can happen from there? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the uh, the expectation from Mead supporters is that they win every game, but um, you, you really would expect them to beat Wick, um, Wicklow or Leash in that uh, Leinster quarter final, and it is an open draw then after that, so you don't know what happens after that. You could get a Dublin or Kildare. Um, they're, they're the target that we, they're the, the benchmark that we have to uh, reach in Leinster. Kildare beat us in that playoff for promotion last year, so they're probably a little bit ahead of us in terms of development and, and our status in Leinster, but. Um, Dublin, of course, are the ones that we all have to catch, and, and I know they didn't have a great league themselves, been relegated, but they're still they're still the big dogs in Leinster, and uh, it's about time that instead of instead of nipping at their ankles, that we start uh, looking up and, and and try to get the better of them. So yeah, Wicklow or Leash again, you won't take it for granted, but you would expect to get over that and. Uh, Leinster final really has to be the minimum target. Mm. Just very finally on Andy McEntee's future, I think everybody is assuming this will be his last year because of what happened uh, last October, whenever it was that the, the county board uh, or a few people within the county board decided they wanted to, to remove him and then the clubs obviously backed Andy McEntee. But, Virgil, one thing we can say about the McEntees, they're fighters, they won't give up anything easily and if Mead were to have a good year this year, get to a Leinster final put in a good performance let's say against Dublin or whoever it is and maybe who knows what could happen maybe get a win who, who knows at this stage what might happen but if Mead were to have a good championship Andy McEntee I don't think is going to want to walk away and you know I wouldn't necessarily be writing him off or assuming this is his last year because a lot of people seem to be making that assumption I think it's a little bit premature Yeah well you know what, you know what assuming means it makes an ass out of you and me so <laughs> if we assume anything uh, it really can make us look like fools so um, and as well as I know what you say, one word that sums up the McEntees that they're fighters, but they're also passionate Mead footballers. You mightn't agree. Uh, a lot of people, you know, it's a bit like Marmite. A lot of people don't like them. A lot of people do like them. Mm. Uh, I've always, always found them, you know, very easy to get on with. Um, very blunt man, very straight down the line. Yeah. Uh, calls it as he sees it. Uh, whether you like that or not. That's down to you. Uh, I think at an inter-county management level, you have to have that bluntness. You have to be direct. You can't be just going around being nicey-nicey all the time. If, if me do have a good Leinster campaign, uh, imagine if we beat Dublin in the Leinster Championship. There's no way Andy McIntyre will be going anywhere. Absolutely not. Yeah, well, we just have to wait and see. Let's hope that that is what happens, Fergal, that Meath beat Dublin and uh, yeah. we can we can dream again, but we'll just have to wait and see. Listen, Fergal Lynch of the Meath Chronicle, thanks so much for talking to us. No problem, David. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favourite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. 
Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.